You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of the 757, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The tickets have been won. Nope, they have not been won. We're having having phone issues, Tim. We're having phone issues. See, I just saw that Robbie was picking up phones left and right. Then he wasn't, so I assume the tickets have been given away. Turns out, phone issues. Um, (laughs) So, so what's the plan? Or do we want to do a text giveaway? We'll we'll do. We'll figure something out and let let the people know. Yeah, we probably shouldn't be having those on the fly conversations on the air anyway. Uh, Speaking of on the fly. And since we're having phone issues, we won't be able to get your thoughts on the phone lines, but we can get them on the text line. Is Anthony Richardson about to revolutionize the the quarterback position, or is he about to be a guy who 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're seeing his records at the Combine and going, oh yeah, remember Anthony Richardson? 757-687-9494. That's the Dream Launch text line. We'll we'll hold out on the calls for now. 757-687-9494. It's the Dream Launch text line. Is Anthony Richardson about to revolutionize? I, would, I shouldn't even say quarterback. He's about to revolutionize football. He is the best athlete we've seen at quarterback. With the exception maybe of Michael Vick, but Michael Vick was a different kind of of ridiculous athlete I mean everybody around here you know what Michael Vick brought to the table it actually is kind of crazy um like Anthony Richardson uh with him breaking records at the combine Michael Vick is almost Wilt Chamberlain-esque if you ever talk about a a record of scoring of any kind in the NBA you have to completely ignore Wilt Chamberlain because it makes everyone else look inadequate it's like uh, what was the, uh, the uh, 60 point games? Dame Lillard just became uh, the third most 60 point games in NBA history, whether he had a 70 point or 71 point or the other night. He became the third most 60 point games in NBA history. He has five. Kobe is second with six. Will Chamberlain has 61. <laughs> and that's kind of where Mike Vick lives, okay? Uh, Anthony Richardson. Broke the combine record for quarterbacks with a 40.5-inch vertical jump. He broke the combine record for for quarterbacks with a 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. And he had the second-fastest quarterback 40-yard dash time since 03, a 4.44. Which is right on the heels of of, um, Robert Griffin for the best time since 2003. He was 4.41. Anthony Richardson, 4.44. Michael Vick was a 4-3-3. So it's like, hey, you know what? Just throw him out. He's different. We, he's different. We, we don't count him. But the Anthony Richardson explosion, I'm not sure how much it applies. It definitely is impressive. It definitely means something. I'm just not sure how much it applies to what I think he's going to be as a quarterback at the next level, other than I know he will have a great Blake break glass and. Blake Glass, a great break. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with that. I'm going to say it one more time. He's going to have a great break glass in case of emergency option, 
right? Most rookie quarterbacks, if they drop back and get confused by the defense, they go, oh, darn, either throw it away or take a hit. Anthony Richardson, if he drops back and gets confused by the defense, he'll go, oh, darn, who wants to tackle this tank moving like a, at the speed of a race car? Tyler Fulgham on ESPN Game Night talking about Richardson. Anthony Richardson's future in the NFL is incumbent upon the environment and coaching staff that he goes to. And if he goes to a good one, the way that Brian Dable has turned around Daniel Jones uh, this year in New York, the way he turned around Josh Allen prior to that, the way Nick Sirianni's gotten Jalen Hurts to develop and progress, the way that uh, uh, John Harbaugh and um, Greg Roman before he left got uh, Lamar Jackson to progress, Anthony Richardson should be a star in the National Football League, and I would take him over Bryce Young. You would take him over Bryce Young. Keep in mind... Those two individuals played in the same conference, and Bryce Young was wildly more effective and impressive as a player. Now, we're both in the SEC. Wildly, wildly more impressive. But I can understand it a little bit. If you are someone that believes you draft the player and teach them to play quarterback, then you're not going to have a better mold the ball of clay than Anthony Richardson. The funniest part about Anthony Richardson's rocket ship at the Combine is that it seemed to matter more that he was dominating the events than other positions where it should matter more, right? Think about it like this. Bijan Robinson came in as the number one running back. He left as the number one running back. He was sixth in the 40, sixth in the vert, fourth in the broad jump. Not to say that's not impressive, but no one even considered taking him out of the number one running back spot. Why? Well, because with Bijan Robinson, everyone understands running back's about instincts. It's about vision. It's about anticipation. It's about uh, catching ability. It's about all of these things that don't show up in a 40 and a vert and a broad and all, all of those things. Meanwhile, quarterback, which is much, 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 much more than running back, dependent upon things that aren't 40-yard dash, vert, broad, everyone's throwing Anthony Richardson all the way to the top. I mean, that's exactly what happened. At Florida, Anthony Richardson was not an accurate passer. He also often uh, looked looked like, and we don't know this 100% unless we were in the quarterback meeting rooms, looked like he skipped over reads. Now, maybe there was a trigger in the, the read, hey, if this happens, you go straight, you know, you, you feign your eyes to the right, get back to, like, we don't know the exact, but it looked like he was getting confused by defenses. He might be the number one overall pick because he runs fast and jumps high. It objectively matters more to run fast and jump high as a running back than as a quarterback. But we don't get as excited about that. We Like, Anthony Richardson was faster than B. John Robinson. Everybody went, whoa, Anthony Richardson's so fast. Instead of going, why was B. John Robinson slower than the quarterback? And I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of understanding why Bijan's still court running back one. I'm saying that he should not be changed. I'm just saying I'm not sure why we change quarterbacks so much on the Anthony Richardson stuff. Combine record 40.5-inch vertical jump is wildly physically impressive and does absolutely nothing to change my evaluation of him as a quarterback. The 40 does a little bit because I do believe uh, those big plays you can make with your legs give you time to figure out throwing the ball. 
right? Think of what J- Justin Fields did this year. Justin Fields was not a good enough passer this year, but he was still a effective enough quarterback because his legs gave him a a certain uh, safety valve, a safety net, trap door to escape out of a bad play and still be effective. So I, I like the four 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 forty. I don't necessarily care about anything else. However, the world seems to. Like everything I read was CJ Stroud was the most impressive thrower at the combine. Ball jumped out of his hands, accuracy, smoothness, all those sorts of things. The, the, oh, guess what? So-and-so threw it fast, threw it hard. Guess what? Dorian Thompson Robinson was clocked in at the hardest throw at the combine. There are ways to just juice one up. I think about it like this. Uh, another example. Um, in baseball prospects, one of the new like trendy things is short stops being clocked miles per hour thrown it across the diamond. Now, so because that's a thing that gets recorded and gets put in your, your prospect like, like database... They wait till there's a catcher at the plate, hits a ground ball to shortstop. They crow hop into that thing, get all their momentum going, and throw like 104 miles an hour across the, across the diamond. A little exaggeration, but not really. And and that's not if that's not like that's just throwing it hard so you have a good number next to you. I'm just curious as to why everybody gets so jacked up about running or quarterbacks at the combine, and and they don't get as quite excited about others or as disappointed about others. Let's head to the text line. Your reactions to Anthony Richardson. Again, we are having a few uh, phone line issues, so we are we are taking your thoughts on the text line today. Dreamlaunch text line, 757-687-9494. Robbie, what are they saying about Anthony Richardson? From Elliot in the 757, is Richardson the second coming of Tim Tebow? No good quarterback in the history has come out of Gainesville. Ooh, is that true? Um, No good quarterback. You know, I trust Elliot. <laughs> I'm just thinking there's Rex Grossman. He played in a Super Bowl. There's uh, Spurrier. Did he have any kind of any kind of pro career? Uh, Jesse Palmer is now the host of The Bachelor. He went to Florida. Um, Cam Newton was at Florida for a hot second. That didn't end well. Um, no, he's not the second coming of Tim Tebow. He's, he's not the second coming of, of Tim Tebow because uh, he's a much more fluid athlete than Tim. Tim Tebow dominated in college as an athlete and wasn't that unbelievable of an athlete by, by NFL standards. Anthony Richardson is a otherworldly athlete by NFL standards. You put him in a room of linebackers. He'd be the best. You put him in a room of defensive ends. He'd be the best athlete. That's crazy to think of. Wildly crazy to think of. What else are they saying? From the seven, five, seven, it all depends on his team and and who's coaching him. That's, I mean, that's true for probably everybody, except it's kind of not. <laughs> um, and this is this is where I get to nerd out real quick and, and come with me on this trip. I believe it's it's worthwhile. Um, there was a a, uh, a thread on Twitter the other day, and, and I wish I, I remembered who it was. Um, and all it did was show teams that drafted a quarterback in the top 12 picks, so the top dozen picks that were back in the top 10 picks in, in one of the next two years, right? So they drafted a quarterback in the top 12 and then were once again one of the 10 worst teams in either the following year or the next year. All of them except for, and this was since uh, the new contract, like since post-Sam Bradford because since the, the rookie scale contracts hit. So from when Cam Newton was drafted on. Um, the only team 
that drafted a quarterback in the top 12 that looking back shouldn't have drafted another quarterback when they were back in the top 10 either the next year or the following year was the Bills after drafting Josh Allen. That's the only example. Every other team that drafted a quarterback in the top 12 and didn't immediately jump out of the bottom 10 picks in the draft and stay out of the bottom 10 picks in the draft should have replaced their quarterback. Other than the Bills, who drafted again in the top 10 one of the next two years. So literally, no matter who the coach is, no matter who the, the, the staff is, no matter who the rest of your roster looks like, if you draft the right guy in the top 12, they immediately jump you out of the top 10 picks. You don't have to jump into the playoffs. You don't have to jump into being a contender, but you jump at least out of the bottom third of the league. So maybe it decides where he goes, or maybe if he goes to a coach, he'll make him look good if he is that good. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We'll get some more of the, those texts. I know there was a bunch of them, but I just I went down a long path there because I, I liked that statistic. That's uh, okay. Thank you very much, Sean Payton. Uh, 757-687-9494. It's the Dream Launch text line. Text in your thoughts and questions today. Uh, when we come back, John Morant, he's gotten himself in a, in a very, very sticky situation, and we'll have to have that conversation. Again, John Morant, indefinitely off or out of uh, action for the Memphis Grizzlies due to a very, very sticky situation. Stick around. We're talking about the NBA right now on the Tim Donnelly show on priority auto sports radio, 94.1. Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio, 94.1. Anthony Richardson, pretty much the story of the combine. Uh, there are a few others, and, and we'll, we'll get to them. Uh, but, man, that guy. He knows how to live up to to expectations when it comes to his athletic ability. Right, we know he's going to be fast. How fast? 4-4-4. Four, four, four. We know he's going to be explosive. How explosive? Highest vertical jump in NFL history by a quarterback. The question now becomes, how much does that matter, right? Is is that like saying, hey, this guy has a skill set that will be be – extremely applicable to the NFL, or is it like saying, hey, this quarterback is a really good snorkeler? I mean, not any less impressive, just less kind of conducive, less direct translation to the NFL. I mean, it might show that he's, you know, put in the work to get get good at these things, or he's, he's learned the technique, but it also might just mean he's a good snorkeler. Right. It might just like this guy's really good at golf or this guy's he's a really good video games player. It's like, eh, you know what? Does that really affect things? I put it on you on the Dream Lawns text line 757-687-9494. How much does Anthony Richardson's combine affect what you think of him as a quarterback? Robbie, what are they saying? From Tim and Newport News, I certainly hope Anthony Richardson reaches his full potential, but I believe it's going to be far more likely that he goes the way of Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Ridiculously talented, but never really put it together and got out of the league and mostly forgotten about in a few years. That that opens up a whole, a whole can of worms. Um, because Jamarcus Russell, by all accounts, was a fantastically talented player, right? Had an absolute cannon attached to his, his shoulder. But the the reason for his downfall, the reason that he is not a tremendously successful NFL player, is often attributed to 
work ethic, right? Uh, you know, there's a legendary story that, and and this, you know, true or not, whatever it is, um, this has become the narrative around Jamarcus Russell that they were giving him blank DVDs and saying, watch this on your own time. And he was coming back and saying, watched it. And there was nothing on the DVDs. Like if you take, I don't, and you hate to use like, if you take just the run of the mill NFL starters work ethic, I don't want to even say like a Tom Brady work ethic. Cause that guy's notorious or Peyton Manning. If you take just the middle of the road NFL starting quarterbacks work ethic and put it in, in Jamarcus Russell, does that change things? And you know, can you tell that that Anthony Richardson has more of that, or are you anticipating him being someone that's you know skated by on athleticism? And now, you know, it's it, that's a really tough thing to do. That's the hardest evaluation to make in in prospects on all sports. Is this the type of person that is going to be obsessed with improvement and getting better, improving themselves? If Anthony Richardson is that, I give him a much higher percentage of reaching that potential than if he's not. What else are they saying? Tim from the 919, a lot of people comparing him to Cam Newton as a quarterback. I see that. It's actually funny. Uh, Cam Newton was not nearly the, uh, not nearly is probably the wrong way, but he was not the athletic specimen that Anthony Richardson is, right? There's a big difference between like 4-6 and 4-4-4. There's a big difference between 37 and 40 plus invert. Anthony Richardson is a is more of a freaky athlete than Cam Newton could even pretend to be. The other difference is they both essentially started one year as a an NFL or a, sorry as a college quarterback in the SEC, and Cam Newton probably turned in a top three individual season in the history of college football. Won the Heisman, won the national championship, put a team on his back, carried him to to a whole bunch of wins. Anthony Richardson, meanwhile, did almost none of that. <laughs> So so they're not they're not the same. The only thing that they're similar is big, strong and fast, but they're different levels of strong and fast and they're different levels of successful at quarterback. So I don't I don't love that uh that comparison like so many are throwing out there. And from the 757 a lot of people, you know, coming back to the whole the coaching, the system that you're in mm-hmm. with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, he may have all the tools, but we've learned especially in Jacksonville with the whole Urban Meyer thing what coaching and a system can do to a quarterback. Yes. And, and I mean, you're never going to hear anyone say like, I really hope this, this quarterback goes to a bad coaching staff, but there's, there's more to it than just that. Like a system. I I'll throw this out there. Everyone that drafts a quarterback high and and by all accounts, he's going to go in the top eight or nine picks. Maybe as high as like literal number one overall, we're hearing. And I don't think it's going to get that crazy, but top 10 almost for certain if if the draft were today. We could always wait for, for more developments. Um, if you draft a quarterback that high, everybody in your building has to be about getting that guy ready to play. And it's more difficult with Richardson than with some of these other guys because he's not going to play right away. He is seen as a project. I could see someone... Uh, like Seattle giving Geno Smith a similar deal that that Derek Carr just gave, which is you know a, a four year deal that's really a three year deal, but could be a two year deal, and then have Anthony Richardson learn, and as soon as he's ready to play, whether it's two years down the road, three years down the road, whenever it is, have him take over. That is a big commitment from your franchise. So the system might mean less than the commitment, and you, and you. Like I almost want him to go to a team that has a brand new head coach and a brand new 
GM simply because those guys will likely be around for two or three years and can be more comfortable waiting and, and you know, preheating the oven, putting them in and waiting till the timer goes off rather than taking them out halfway through the time and say, hey, it's good enough, put them out there. By the way, again, tomorrow is NFL uh, franchise tag deadline day. Uh, the Raiders have officially franchise tagged Josh Jacobs. As I said earlier in the show, I don't think they had a choice. I don't think they had a choice. Right? They're going to be out there making pitches to quarterbacks to come play for them, and and they're going to want a running game. They moved on from their quarterback, right? So they have Devontae Adams with no one to throw him the ball, along with Darren Waller and 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 Renfro and, and other guys. Uh, but that running game was was the engine, and they couldn't afford to to move on from the engine of their offense. Franchise tag, pay him $10 million, move on to see another day. But he will be back with the Raiders. Led the NFL in a bunch of statistics this year. Very good season for him. I want to talk about John Morant, okay? John Morant, uh, he is being investigated reportedly by the NBA, but also now now some, some authorities, police presence getting involved being investigated uh following an instagram live video he posted early saturday morning in which he displayed what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub uh he is out for the grizzlies and no timetable for his return that conversation coming up next to ground checking off the safety and letting it rip on the mic this is the tim donnelly show on priority auto sports radio 94.1 all right, let's try to have some uh <clears throat> let's try to have some some understanding here talking about John Morant. John Morant has put himself in a very difficult situation. Prior to to any of the the things that have come out recently, John Morant is in a situation that none of us will ever be in. And I think it's fair to say up to this point he's been handling it fairly poorly. Now, he needs to adjust. John Morant is 23 years old, wildly famous, wildly rich. He has a $200 million contract extension with the Grizzlies. Lucrative endorsements with Nike and Gatorade, amongst others. Right? He turns on Instagram Live. Thousands and thousands of people want to watch just to see what he's doing. When he tries to dunk on somebody, when he misses, it still goes viral. In the last few weeks, he has not handled himself well. Let me break it down. Uh, He's gotten into a scuffle with Shannon Sharp, which at the time seemed kind of of humorous. In light of recent accusations, it's starting to feel a little bit more like a sign of what was to come. Uh, Accusations have been made that he or someone from his inner circle pointed the laser from on top of a gun at Pacers employees. He has been accused of punching a 17-year-old at a pickup basketball game at his own house, at the Jaws own house, and then brandishing a gun at the 17-year-old. Again, accusations. Then most recently, both the NBA and uh, police investigators are looking into an Instagram Live video he posted early Saturday morning in which he displayed what appeared to be a gun while at the nightclub. The Grizzlies have... They originally suspended him for two games. Now it's been made that there's no timetable for his return. And again, a lot of accusations in there. We'll wait to see how they all play out. But it's a tough look. And and part of it is because once one of these things happen, most people go, all right, I have to be careful. 
Okay, now I have to make sure I'm not associated with something else like this. Right? They kind of batten down the hatches, so to speak. I'm going to lay low. But all of these things have happened, like I said, within the last few, five, six weeks, whatever it is. That's, that's where I become a little concerned. Because, you know, after two, three things, you, you start to, to really lock down and go, okay, I'm going to be very careful with who's around me. Okay, I'm going to be very careful with where I go, what I say. When things start to get a little hairy, I'm going to have somebody there to grab me and take me away if I don't grab and take myself away first. This is, is, is a big deal because he is wildly talented. Big deal because he is wildly famous. Big deal because he's wildly valuable. Brian Windhorse was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max talking about just how much Ja is worth to so many different entities, including himself. Ja Morant's value to Memphis, value to the Grizzlies franchise, cannot be put in a number. They very well could go another 40 years and never see a player of this quality and this value to them. He has to understand that. I know he understands it because he got a $200 million contract for them. There is an immense amount invested in John Morant because he is such a special player. And all of that is on the line. And so he obviously didn't get this good without making some good decisions. So when you see that, he has got to start to make good decisions. I am not. And this is where I said we need to have like a, like a real honest conversation. I'm not writing him off as some kind of terrible person. I'm not writing him off as someone that is deeply entrenched with the wrong people and can't ever find his way out. But I also, like, he needs to get it together, right? 23 is not 16. I'm seeing a lot of he needs to choose the people around him better. He needs to get himself around better people. And I agree with that. You know, the the whole like you need an honest friend or family member with their head on straight to tell him to knock it off. I hear it. I get it. That would probably help. But I put this moving forward on him. Right. Being held out of basketball games is is, you know, as I say, often a cold glass of water to the face. He needs to have the moment, right? One hand on either side of the sink, eye to eye with himself in the mirror, where where he says, I need to insulate myself better from situations like this. If you feel unsafe, right? Uh, Paul Pierce commented on on social media saying, like, nobody understands what what Young, black, rich, and famous athletes go through. And, and Paul Pierce said he carried a gun after, because uh, I don't know if many of you know this about Paul Pierce's story. He was stabbed early in his career, like pre-NBA, a bunch of times. His life was saved by wearing a big old leather jacket. He said, after that, I carried a gun for a while. I, I, I can never, like I said, you're in a situation I will never be in. Pay bodyguards if you feel unsafe, right? Pay bodyguards. I'm not saying go out there unprotected if you feel like you are at risk. I'm saying you're at a level now where you can you can go higher than that. Right? There's there's the what the Eminem lyric, I've got bodyguards that'll legally pop you. I know it's a it's a rap lyric, but that that's like you are now leveled up. You're you got two hundred million dollars coming your way. Have fun, but bring the fun to you. Right. Every time an athlete spends $10 million on a house and everybody goes, oh, my gosh, it's so uh, uh, all the over the top. It's ornate. That's too much. I go, no, 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 no. I love this. Right. 
oh, why does he need a a, a, a dance club with, with strobe lights that can hold 80 people? I'm like, because I want him to bring the party to him. I want him to know every single person at the party. I want his bodyguards to be the ones checking people off the list. I don't want him to be out in public. Like, I want that kind of stuff. And John Moran has to recognize, like, he's not even a star rookie contract guy anymore. Like, that Gatorade money, that Nike money, that extension that's about to hit, that allows him to go up a level. Like, you don't have to party with enemies anymore. You can just party with friends. He could, like, he's got real money. Like money, like I said, the rest of us are never going to know. And that, that does take like a, like a, a switch in your thinking. I would assume, right? You don't want to forget where you came from, but you have to understand you're not where you came from. Spend the necessary money to insulate yourself from the things that are going to get you in trouble, right? It's, it's the whole Uber thing, right? Yeah, you could spend 50 bucks on an Uber from downtown to your hotel, or you could spend 10 grand on DUI, right? It's like, yeah, you could spend money to make sure you are safe and over the top, like protective against the riffraff, the, the, the ruckus, the fray, whatever you want to call it. Or you could have a lot of that taken away by getting caught up in one or two more of these situations. Yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit now. It's going to save you a lot of bit in the future. And I want to see where, he, like, how he develops with this. Again, I'm not writing him off as some kind of terrible person. And some of the things you see being said about him are, are unbelievable. I'm not, I'm not going there yet. But I want to see how he reacts. I want to see what he does to prevent these types of things from happening again. Like it was his own Instagram live. Think about his own, like he went Instagram live and was, was displayed with, with what appears to be a gun. And, and I, lo- I watched the video. It looks like a gun to me. I'm not, not an expert, but it looked like one. That shows me that he's not understanding the, the seriousness of these situations because it's like, oh, that was, you did that. That wasn't, that wasn't somebody hiding a, you know, a secret camera or a phone in the corner of the room that you didn't know was recording. But it's something to monitor, and I guarantee you, the Grizzlies are monitoring it. I guarantee you, uh, the the Nike Gatorade. I guarantee you, people in his inner circle are monitoring it, and we'll pay attention to it just because you know I'm, I'm rooting for the young man. Just like I root for just about everybody. Few I don't, but we're not going to get into that. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. You know who I root for and who I don't root for if you listen to the show. Uh, 757-687-9494. And it's a short list of people I don't root for. The Chicago Bears trading the number one pick, and they're not even really being uh, coy about it anymore. That market must be booming because they're looking at smokescreen season and saying, "Mm, we'll tell you most of what's going on. Not if, but when for Chicago trading the number one overall pick coming up. LeBron James is the highest paid athlete in the world. Imagine how much he could make if he made the playoffs. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. How about this? We think we have our phone line issues figured out and settled. Uh, so I know that the the... The Anthony Richard, Richardson conversation uh, was one that some of you wanted to sound off on. Anthony Richardson dominates the combine. 
Are you trading up for him? Number one overall? 757-687-9494. The Bears are so open for business with the number one pick that they aren't even like like moving in smoke screens like most people do at this point in, in the, the offseason. It's like half smoke screen season. Right? It's like, oh, well, we'll tell you more than you're used to getting, but we're not telling you everything. If you are the Panthers, the Colts, the Texans, the heck, Lions, Raiders, Atlanta, Tennessee, all of these teams, top 11 picks might move up to number one. Would Anthony Richardson scratch that itch for you? 757-687-9494. Again, we believe the call-in line is working once again, so we want to hear your voice. 757-687-9494. Bears GM Ryan Poles admits in more words, and we'll give you the words, it's not if, but when, when it comes to them trading the number one pick. They're not even they're not even there to, to try to build the frenzy by pretending they're going to keep it. Poles told Peter King of Pro Football Talk that he's basically debating when. Should Here's the quote. Should we do this before free agency, or should we wait? I don't know. That's what I've communicated. I could carry this all the way until we're on the clock the night of the draft, but then there's that want there's teams that want some clarity because if I need a quarterback bad, should I do it now when some of these guys like Derek Carr are out there? Close quote quote. Which obviously Derek Carr is no longer out there, but this was from a couple days ago. Uh polls continued. To me, they've got to go so much more above to do it now. I'm not greedy with it, but they're gonna have to go above and beyond to close the door now. He is so confident that these teams will bid themselves up into a frenzy that he doesn't even have to pretend that he is comfortable drafting Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at number one overall. He's trying to build a feeding frenzy simply by pitting them against each other. Saying, hey, someone might knock my socks off right now and I will close the door and give them the pick so you better be monitoring the situation. Right? We talk about coaching through the media. This guy is negotiating through the media. Hey, Peter King, pro football talk, right? The what, Football night in America, whatever, is football morning in America. You think people from the Panthers, Colts, do you think they read your column? I bet you they do. Texans, Raiders, yeah, okay. Uh, here's what I want them to know. I want them to know that I could do it tomorrow. I could do it the next day. I could do it 10 minutes before the pick is due when we are on the clock on draft night. I want them to wake up with cold sweats wondering if one of these other teams is talking to me about the number one overall pick. Because I am going to trade it, they just don't know when. And do you know what's the most fun scenario for the Bears? Bears fans, listen up. With all of the different hype around quarterbacks, and by the way, we did ask you about Anthony Richardson. Would you draft him with the number one? expecting that you're going to have to trade up to get him, right? No one's the number one pick will be a quarterback and I'm almost certain it will not be the Chicago Bears making that pick. The most fun scenario to think up for me is the multiple move down. The multiple move down. What I mean by that is the Bears could go to number 2 with the Texans, right? Get a nice little couple sweeteners, whatever you want to call it, nice haul back for the number one overall pick, go down to number two with the Texans so the Texans can play defense on everybody else that wants a quarterback. Get their guy. Then after the Texans draft their guy, if the Colts guy is still there, they might trade up from number four to number two 
So the Bears get a haul going from one to number two, uh, then a haul from the Colts for going from number two to number four. But guess what? They're still likely going to be a top quarterback there at number four, uh, depending on what these these teams in the, the late single digits think. They might be able to go down to seven, eight, nine, eleven, which are held by Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, Tennessee, and get yet another haul. The Chicago Bears could trade out so another team could draft what they see as their franchise quarterback realistically two, three times in the same draft. Rack up all the picks they can possibly get. Still get a top 10 pick position player, right? Top 11 if you go all the way down to Tennessee, which is one of the best corners, maybe the best corner, one of the best offensive tackles, maybe the best offensive tackle. I would say probably the best wide receiver in the draft. Where you could get an elite player and a boatload of picks. And then guess what? You set yourself up for if Justin Fields balls the heck out this year, plays really well, you use that capital to build around him. All those picks you got in the future. If Justin Fields doesn't ball out this year, you use that capital to go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever you want next year. Or the biggest uh, trade, like you know the, whoever the uh, Aaron Rodgers is of next offseason. Or Aaron Rodgers is probably a bad example. The... The Matt Stafford or whoever. Or the Lamar Jackson. You go trade. The Chicago Bears have so many different ways to turn the number one overall pick into a massive asset for their team. And and, and part of the excitement with that is they know they're going to have to flip it. right? They know that they're not going to sit there and make the pick which is almost more exciting, right? Because most teams with the number one overall pick, what do they do? Hey, worst case scenario, we'll just keep it, make a pick. They know that's not going to happen. So they have to be hustling as hard as the teams that are trying to get to number one have to be hustling, which is why he's talking to Peter King so openly. This is now a game. And by the way, like, it's said often when somebody like Lamar Jackson or we've seen Richard Sherman do it, we've seen uh, Russell Okung do it, we've seen a few players negotiate their own contracts. And a lot of times they walk away with a deal that I don't think is as, like doesn't see their full worth. And the the saying is often, well, guess what? Like Just like you wouldn't expect a GM to go out on the field and play football with you, you probably shouldn't expect to go into a boardroom and negotiate with them. Like they've been training their whole lives to to negotiate. You've been training your whole life to play football. And that's usually the conversation that's being had. This is the Bears with a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of front office executives, I should say, that are in the position they are because they're excellent negotiators going up against other front offices that are in the position they're in because they're excellent evaluators and negotiators having to go up against each other. This is Sampras Agassi. This is like a duel of the highest quality. And they're all going to be thrown into a boardroom and you're going to say, let's see who, who wins. That's ex- I mean, that's, that, this is the highest level of like sports business that we get. And it's going to be wildly fun to see. Wildly fun to see. And maybe Richardson will benefit from it. Or or Bryce Young. Or 
Will Levis? That guy did not. He Somehow he's not a winner at the combine. Uh, <laughs> CJ Stroud? A lot of different options up there at the top. A lot of different options up there at the top. Uh, Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1-757-687-9494 is that call in line. Again, working on the call in line, but give it a call, 757-687-9494. The deadline for the the franchise tag is tomorrow. Most teams are starting to come through with their decisions. You know who hasn't? The Ravens. You know who's probably the most interesting franchise tag decision of the entire lot? Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. What should they do? Stick around. 